And so this Christmas Eve, I want to share with you one of my favorite stories. It's about presents, but not really. It's called How the Grinch Stole Christmas. Have you heard of it? Oh, okay. Oh, good. Good, good, good. So it goes like this. Every who down in Whoville liked Christmas a lot. But the Grinch, who lived just north of Whoville, did not. The Grinch hated Christmas, the whole Christmas season. Now, please don't ask why. No one quite knows the reason. It could be his head wasn't screwed on just right. It could be, perhaps, that his shoes were too tight. But I think that the most likely reason of all may have been that his heart was two sizes too small. But whatever the reason, his heart or his shoes... Um, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. It, it, it just doesn't ring true. It just doesn't fit. For even a Grinch loves to get, get, get. Perhaps his reasons run even deeper. Perhaps he was worried he wasn't a keeper. Perhaps, though, the Grinch knew that Christmas was more than a text. Perhaps he was afraid of what he'd be called to do next. Because here's the thing about Christmas. They say there's a big man who lives far away, uh, supposedly jolly, but it's hard to say. Now, I've never seen him, and neither have you, but the children believe, and I suppose that'll do. He's known as a loner, with many a quirk. No time for a chat. He's embroiled in his work. He keeps to himself for most of the year, and I reckon we're grateful he doesn't appear, because we send a request for particular needs, but we never hear back. Who knows if he heeds? So we try to be good, give his arm just a twist, to merit a place on his blessed little lips. And maybe one day, if you do what you should, you'll get all your things, if you do what is good. Well, I've had him to hear. I'm calling his bluff. You know what? He's a weird, red-suited, moralistic dispenser of stuff. <laughs> yeah, I went there. <laughs> Now, granted, this rant is a strange one to pick. But listen, I'm not really after St. Nick. As strange as he is, and Santa is odd, I'm really addressing most folks' fear of God. It's God who we see as some distant big guy, some ancient, invisible St. Nick in the sky. He sees you when you're sleeping. He knows when you're awake. He's watching and waiting to spot your mistake. And just like with Santa, requests we hand in. We want all his things, but we don't want him. That's our connection with old Father Christmas. We might dress it up, but really, it's just business. Throughout the year, good behaviors are onus. And at the end of the year, we want our Christmas bonus. So just leave us our gifts, Nick. We've been good enough. And then shove off now. We've got all our stuff. And Santa is interesting, curious, and quirky. But nobody wants to share him their, him their turkey. I'm sure his ho-ho-hos are sublime. I'm afraid what he'll say after he's drunk my wine. That's all St. Nick. But the picture rings true. It's often how we imagine what God is like, too. But Christmas responds with a resounding not-so. The one from on high was born down below. To those in need, he did not send another, so he sent God the Son to become God our brother. 
he drew alongside in flesh to dwell. Our God in the flesh, Emmanuel. This God in the manger upends all our notions, this heavenly stooping, this divine demotion, born in a stable, wriggling on straw, fully committed to life in the raw. Santa gives things and then goes away. Jesus shows up to befriend and to stay. Santa rewards those for good behavior. Jesus is a friend, the broken, a savior. If you don't like God, I think I know why. You probably imagine him as some Saint Nick in the sky. And you're right to reject that faraway stranger. So this Christmas, look down to God the manger. And so I don't know why the Grinch hated this season. The gifts and the cookies and the singing, they weren't the reason. So I think, I think the Grinch was truly afraid. A Christmas breaks the lie that he had everything made. Small gifts require the return of a small token, but the birth of Jesus meant the Grinch and you and me are truly broken. So my friends, this Christmas, ponder anew what the birth of Jesus Christ means to you. Jesus Christ, God in the flesh, was born. He lived. He died on a cross for you and for me. And he rose from the grave to freely give you forgiveness and life now and forever. You owe him nothing. But this is also true. Jesus Christ, God in the flesh, was born. He lived. He died on a cross for your sin and for mine. He rose from the grave to give you forgiveness and life now and forever. My friends, you owe him everything. And so this Christmas, our prayer has been simply this. First, that you have a great night. That you have a fantastic morning. That there's a brand new car in your parking lot when you wake up in the morning. That's not our prayer. But if it happens, great. Good for you. I live at 400 Chatfield Lane. I'd like a ride. No. We pray you have a wonderful Christmas. But we pray also this, that tonight does not end here. That tonight you continue to explore, to question, and we pray ponder anew what the birth of Jesus Christ means to you. Because if tonight's just a story, and you dressed up nice, and you have a great time, fantastic. But if it's more than that, changes everything. If Jesus Christ came for you, the implications are huge. It means that you have incredible value to God who created you. That whatever hard stuff you're going through, whatever stuff you're telling yourself in your head, that you're no good and you're not worth it, it's not true. Because Jesus Christ is born for you. you might be experiencing the answers in the manger and on the cross and in the empty tomb. Jesus Christ is born for you.
And the implications are absolutely amazing. When you know that in your head and in your heart, it changes everything. And this is our prayer for you tonight. Hope you have a great time. But more than that, we hope tonight changes your life. Because Jesus Christ was born and died and rose for you. If you want to explore that some more, talk with Josh. If you're from out of town, talk to me. Give me a call. I had a phone call this morning from some person in Alabama asking if I'd give her son a ride to the hospital. True, true story. Not from Alabama. The son lives here. The mom's in Alabama. And, and she says, and can you tell him about Jesus? Man, that's what I do. Pray for Kate Knight. Jesus gave it up all for you. Merry Christmas. Let's pray. Lord Jesus, thank you. Thank you for all of your gifts, like coffee and hot showers and, and work and briefcases. But Lord God, thank you for you. Thank you that you came for us. Thank you, Lord Jesus, that you sacrificed everything for us. And thank you that because of that, Lord, everything changes. We have value and worth. We are forgiven and free. The past no longer changes down. And the future no longer holds us in fear. But Lord God, we are yours because you came for us. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. This time I'd like to invite you to stand and get those candles you got as you came into the service. We're going to light the candles here as you light the candle of the person next to you. I want to invite you to keep this lit candle upright and bend over the unlit candle. You'll get less wax on your clothes that way. But let's sing side of